What's up, everybody out there in podcast land? Hey, everyone. Man, we're back. The Drew and Dan Show. We miss you. We back. We back. We, we back. back. So, uh, hey, we've got an NBA pod coming at you. We're also going to start doing Bachelor pods soon. Yeah, it's time. We, uh, we're we getting the Fantasy League set up, too. I was researching a little bit. We got to do... We didn't talk about this. We got to do a little preview uh, before it starts. Yeah, Bachelor Look preview pod coming at you. But before we get ahead of ourselves, of course, a word to our sponsors. As always... This pod is brought to you by uh, Expatriate, and usually it's brought to you by the Expatriate Shrimp Burrito, which is still amazing. It's an amazing breakfast burrito. But lately, man, I think the superior shrimp dish at Expatriate is the shrimp toast. Oh, the shrimp toast is always delightful. You go go with two buddies, three people total. You each walk away with a piece of delicious shrimp toast. Yeah, it's cut three ways. It's so uh, good. And it's phenomenal. It's a little spicy. A little bit spicy. Okay, well today... As many of you know, it is Christmas Eve, and we are actually recording this pod in between the last two Christmas Eve services at Willamette Christian Church. Yeah. Services were flames. Joel's dropping fire. John's dropping fire. A lot of fire. I hear the band, particularly the bass, is so dialed. Not what I heard. No, it's dialed, dude. (laughs) It's awesome. (laughs) Guys, apart from it being Christmas Eve, we are joined by one of our favorite people in the whole world, Dustin Staten. What's up, Dustin? It's good to be yeah. here. We call him Heavy D. We call him Heavy D because he can just throw down food. Yeah. Walk us through your Chick-fil-A order really quick. We were just talking about it. Chick-fil-A is definitely one of the seven wonders of the world. Yeah. And the fact that it has uh, come out to the Northwest is good for me um, and bad for my waistline. <laughs> but what you definitely need to do when you hit the Chick-fil-A is you need to go with the mini nuggets and the chicken tenders. All right, Don't throw in the bread. You don't need any carbs, no. sandwiches, or anything like that. You just go, slows you down. Yeah, so you go with the 12 count mini nuggets. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then you throw in, they only have the tenders in four counts. So you got to order two of those to go to eight. That gives you about, you know, 20 pieces of bird, which is solid. Okay. Throw in some waffle fries in yeah, there. Wow. Um, you get the Chick fil A sauce and a honey mustard because those are two wow. requisites. Uh, and then you go with the sweet tea. Now, the sweet tea here in the Northwest is not your typical Alabama Roll Tide sweet tea. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I like to call it sweet-ish tea. And as I told the two live Drew a little bit earlier, that's not to be confused with like Swedish fish or anything like Barf. that. We're not talking about Ew. the country. We're talking yes. about sweet, sweet-ish. So it's not going to give you diabetes. It's nice, solid, sweet tea that wow. will keep you uh, well hydrated. I've been doing uh, Chick-fil-A all wrong, apparently, because mm-hmm. I've been going with a couple of just the original chicken sandwiches. The uh, spicy chicken, dude. And spicy I, chicken salad, I yeah. will say, though, I'm, I'm a Chick-fil-A lemonade guy. Yeah? It's like a sweeter lemonade than normal it's kind of delicious. Yeah, I get water every time. Yeah, my <laughs> my uh, elementary school and middle school daughters they like that drink. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, dude, yeah. roast. That's, that's not a roast. That's, I'm okay guys, with that. Guys, this, this pod is going to see a lot of Drew roasting. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyways, you guys, because it's Christmas, we wanted to do uh, go a little off topic before we get to NBA. Uh, let's talk Christmas movies really quick, Drew. You posted a uh, a somewhat disturbing um, poll on Twitter yeah. the other day. It was, uh, what's better, Home Alone or Elf? Well, because I was listening to the John Canzano show, and they, they kind of threw that out there, and 
and John John on the air said Elf is a better movie, and I wholeheartedly disagree. Yeah. I I grew up. I was born. I saw Home Alone in the, in the theaters as a kid, and literally rolled on the floor crying with laughter. Saw it multiple times. I watched it this morning when Dude, I woke up, I and was it. still laughing like hysterically. The part where this, he he puts the spider. Uh, on Marv, and then Marv puts it on Harry, and then he hits him with the crowbar. And then Harry, that, I was literally tears rolling down my yeah. face, and they're hitting each other with the crowbar. I mean, that is classic Christmas beauty. I, I'm not down on Elf. Elf is a quality no. movie. I, you know, I laugh, I chuckle. It's it's Home silly. Alone, Home Alone sort of sits alone at the Pantheon. Huh? Yeah, I, well, I mean, that's got to be number one, but almost tied for number one with me is a much lesser seen Christmas film called Ernest Saves Christmas. Oh. Are you part of the are you aware of the Ernest attack? Are you aware of the Ernest? Are you aware of the Ernest franchise? Yeah, Ernest I know goes what to camp. Ernest goes to jail. Yeah. Ernest rides Splash Mountain. That's a YouTube only uh, just it's a whole Ernest scared <laughs> stupid we pretend that never happened. But Ernest Saves Christmas is a quality movie. Dan, have you even seen this movie? I saw it, yeah. No, okay. here's my question for you, because I'm noticing a theme here. Okay. Ernest has a lot of Misadventures with electricity and yeah. things like that. And in Home Alone, there's a lot of you know mayhem and assaultive conduct. Yeah, that goes on. You like you like a good crowbar. I like a good crowbar. A good crowbar. Drew is a violent man. To, to round out the trifecta, I'm going Home Alone. I'm going Ernest, and I'm going uh, just a classic Christmas vacation. Okay. Christmas vacation. Yeah. yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. For me, the classic Christmas movies, Christmas Vacation. I love a Christmas story, dude. I, as many of you know, I'm an only child. Something I love is when siblings fight, and there's some <laughs> great sibling fights in a Christmas story. Ralphie and uh, his little brother—I can't remember his name—but all bundled up, can't get up in the snow. It's so good. You know the thing about National Lampoons? It's kind of sneaky in there. You got Julia Louis Dreyfus in the yes. Seinfeld. Yes, and the random neighbor, Margo, and then and then the the son in there, I believe, is the guy from Big Bang Theory. Now he grew up to be no, Big Bang Theory. Uh, yeah, mind check, check blown. me on that. IMDb it, me on you that. You learn something new on the pod every day. I'm gonna drop. Uh, I'm gonna drop something here. I tweeted about it this morning. You guys have probably all seen it because you follow my Twitter and it's fire. A lesser thought about Christmas movie. Godfather Part 1, dude. Every... So, spoiler alert. If you haven't seen Godfather, shame on you. But Vito gets shot on Christmas. Luca Brasi gets killed. Tom gets kidnapped. And Michael, in his heart, makes the decision to take up the family business. It was a dark, it was a dark Christmas. All the elements Christmas. of Christmas were all yes. the good one. Dude. Uh, I don't watch The Godfather, uh, Dan, because I work with Dane Scanlon, so I experience The Godfather every day. <laughs> And Dustin, <laughs> you you made some you made some mention of another Christmas classic. Die Hard, of course. I mean, nothing says Christmas like you know Bruce Willis running through some glass with no shoes on and <laughs> also, swinging out a window via a hose. It's a also, great flick. Rest in peace, Alan Rickman. <laughs> Dan, Dan threw out this question to me earlier. He's like, "Hey, here's a hot take. Yeah, Home yeah. Alone is a more violent movie than Die Hard." And then I had to remind him what actually happens in Die Hard in the not in the uh, actual version, not yeah. the not the sanitized for TV version. Yeah. I, <laughs> I was hoping to have a hot take, but then I remembered. <laughs> I remember so Die Hard. So the AMC version of <laughs> Die Hard is more violent than. <laughs> so, is Die Hard two Christmas too? Are they all Christmas? 
Because uh, Die Hard 2, dude, he kills the dude with an icicle. Remember yeah. that? <laughs> there's a lot of snow. He pushes bills. another guy into the jet. I don't know if it's Christmas much. or not, but there's a lot of snow coming down. Hey, yeah. under, underrated movie that no one really talks about, Die Hard 3. Dude, with Samuel? It's so good. It's so good. And Dustin, are you with us? For the, the helicopter moment. I mean, for the, for the listeners <laughs> for the listeners out there, Drew and I just fist bumped. And we've never done that in a pod before. <laughs> we usually, Shot, we usually just chest bumped. Shout out to, to Canada in, uh, in Die Hard 3. <laughs> Yeah, yes. Great flick. All right. Anyways, guys, it's Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas to all of you. We apologize for not uh, being super frequent on our pods, but we. Uh, yeah, there was a four month old in the picture. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So let's be honest here. That's not what's held you back. That's what. <laughs> what's held Drew back from the pods is putting the pictures of the four month old in every sermon. <laughs> oh, Drew. And I mean, t-shirts are coming to dude, you soon Wednesday my, night crew. Some people, t-shirts. Some people use like Bible verses and like <laughs> commentaries to prepare for sermons. Hey, Drew just puts up pictures of kids. A, a motto I've always live my life by is if you've got it flaunt it and, I, and I've flaunted it for a while and I'm not going to stop now that is, that is definitely but we, we, worth flaunting it's been a while since we've dropped a pod on the NBA and so we would like to uh, entitle this one things we were right about boom it, because we dropped a couple pods early on the first week of the season and we had some hot takes that have yeah. since been picked up by NBA Twitter and tweeted about incessantly themes that we threw out first here on the Drew and Dan show so we would like to start out with so this you're edition of journalistic thievery. No, there was no credit. <laughs> yeah, this is there was no first reported not, by. Not really a thievery credit thing, but uh, we were there first thing. Okay. Based okay. on the first week of play, right. we yeah. got to a place that the rest of the NBA writers you got to after like a month of Neil catch Armstrong up. here. So, yeah. Yeah. so this is catch called up. things we're right about, and I might throw out a couple of things that we were wrong about, or I oh. was wrong about, because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a tough enough man to do that. Yeah. Th- things we're right about number one on. Week one of the NBA, we came on this pod and we said the Clippers are really, really good. Like a force to be reckoned with. Better than they've been in the past. All the pieces are there and they're looking like they're playing on a different level. And since then, that's been a great storyline in the NBA, watching the Clippers just mow everybody. You guys have thoughts on... Even Blake Griffin's out right now and they're still not really missing a beat. Yeah, I think one of the things with the Clippers that impresses me is I believe looking at the stats they score more on the road than they do at home and so when you're a tough out on the road um, yeah in this league yeah. especially in December uh, and you know and can rack those up early uh, I think that you're an impressive team that can stand the test of time the problem for the Clippers though is we all know is not December January February it's late May yeah. June uh, yeah, so, so that's something we said in our first pod is they got to stay healthy, but if they stay, and that's obviously been, they, they, got, they lost to the Blazers because they weren't healthy yeah. um, last year, but if they're able to stay healthy, so if they get Blake back at 100%, Redick is actually looking like better than I've ever seen Redick mm-hmm. play. He shoot, like, he's the, probably the best shooter in the, in the NBA right now, because especially his off the dribble, his pull up, his mid range, he is knocking down everything. Also, one of the most underrated perimeter defenders out there. Yeah, I really, think he's, yeah awesome. he's disruptive. Uh, How about Rivers a shout is, out for my boy Mo Spates? Yeah, what's up, <laughs> Mo uh, Buckets? Instant offense. Mo Buckets is coming. He is something. He is firing. Dustin, you brought this up. This is a good point that uh, their um, their play on the road. I feel if you're the Clippers, you have to do that because even when you play at home, you're still not really the home team. I think that's why they're comfortable you know? on the road. Yeah, which is a really interesting thing that I haven't really seen unfold till this year. And I think I could be totally wrong. 
But I think their win differential is like number one in the NBA when they win. Yeah, it's right? up there. It's up there. It was at some point. Uh, Austin Rivers is. I mean, that guy went from being a total joke, a coach's yeah. son, to being a guy who can play. He can play a little yeah. bit. Uh, now Jamal. he he had a he had a game losing turnover last night, but it's growing <laughs> pains. Growing pains. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Uh, they, yeah, they got they got a lot of pieces, and yeah. they're looking they're looking really good. Any other Clippers? Do you, do you think, Doc's a good coach. Do you think that? So obviously, Golden State number one. Do you think the Clippers are the biggest threat to Golden State in the playoffs, or do you think Spurs? Dude, dude, the three-headed monster of the West, you guys. The Spurs are getting no buzz. They're off the radar. They the want way that they way, the, the way they prefer it, absolutely. Um, you know, and they're just throttling teams. The Clippers have all the buzz around them. The Warriors are the Warriors. Inter- you guys, it could it come down to a defense? Like, who starts to be able to play defense when it matters, right? That's yeah. exactly what it always comes down yeah. to. And the issue with the Spurs that I see is, I mean, LaMarcus gets his 16 and 7. You know what I mean? You can yeah. pencil him in for that or a little bit more. Um, but what's going to happen to him when they need him in the playoffs and the jumper's not falling? Because yeah. what, is, what does LaMarcus do when the jumper doesn't fall? He doesn't stop shooting, right? Right. Where else do they go to? Yeah, they have Kawhi. They got Gas- Gasol's, well Gasol's a nice pickup for them. Will Gasol stay healthy that long? Yeah. We'll see. They're, uh, Pop's smart enough. Um, he'll rest Gasol. Gasol's such a great postseason guy. Man, uh, Ginobili is thriving in his reserve role, you guys. He's getting he's giving them great minutes right now, and he is an ice water in the veins kind of scorer. And then will the no-name guys that Pop always gets played yeah. from in the regular yeah. season, will they show up in the playoffs? Dude, Jonathan Simmons? Dude, yeah, is he that dude? Is he that dude who played junior college football and then joined the Spurs? Yeah. Like, that's how, that's how good of an athlete he is? I mean, that's absurd. Uh... Yeah, Danny Green. Yeah, they got they yeah, got pieces. Yeah. They'll be just fine. Uh, so another thing that we were right about. Um, mo- I mean, I'm just gonna I'm gonna describe it this way, and this is gonna be a bold statement as someone who adores Steph Curry and you know whatever. This is gonna be a huge statement, and we said it early on, and we're I'm gonna double down on it right now. Most electrifying player in the NBA right now, Sensa- most sensational player in the NBA right now is the Greek freak, Giannis Artuntokempo. If you don't know, Dude. you're not watching. If you don't know, you don't have league pass. He is. The Bucks are must-see TV, and Giannis is the truth. Dude, also, he... I also want to bring him up as much as possible because I just want to hear you pronounce his name. Giannis Artuntokempo. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing. No one can call you on whether you're saying that right or not. <laughs> yeah, you're not. I've heard it's it. not like his yeah, mama's here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so that dude is so good. On week one, we said, we said, and we almost said it last year too, uh, like that he is like the future superstar of the NBA. He's barely 21 years old. He's putting up freakish numbers. He's he also not, learned how to basketball like yeah. Four years. Yeah, ago. exactly. He's getting better every year. He like he doesn't really have a weakness. He's six eleven and plays pretty much like a guard and a freak athlete. It's unbelievable. We said he's the most. He, we said he's the most electrifying player in the game, and he's proved that week in week out. Go on NBA Twitter. Everyone's saying it now. Dots, Dustin. You don't even see. You don't know the Bucks. You're like the, who, the what team is he on? You just got hyped up over a 21 year old guy <laughs> yeah. saying he's the greatest this, greatest. So that. the Bucks and the Bucks locked him up for four to five years, yeah. and when that's done, he'll be what 26 years old, ready to go into free agency, and then the world will know. 
It's the Bucks. We haven't talked <laughs> yeah, about the Bucks not, since like Sidney Moncrief played it's for not us. About the Bucks, Jack Dustin. Sigma. Okay? It's not about the Bucks, although Jabari Parker is a baller too. But Dude, that's what I was gonna ask. So, yeah. so check this out. The tandem. So if you're building a team for the next five years, the tandem of Giannis and Jabari. Would you rather have those two guys, or would you rather have Wiggins Towns? Ooh. Or Damon CJ. I thought you were going to go with Damon <laughs> CJ. That's where I thought you were going to go. And I was yeah. going to go, I'll yeah. take the bus. We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> I, I could put a Twitter poll out right now that said, because I've been doing that on my Twitter, at Drew Martin, D-R-U. Uh, I could put out a Twitter poll right now, living in the in the greater Portland area, that says, would you rather have Giannis, the Greek freak, on your team, or Damian Lillard? And it would be like 80-20 Damian Lillard. Yeah. Which is absurd. Absurd. But... That's what would happen, and we're gonna hit that later when we talk about the Blazers. <laughs> we were right about Giannis. If you're not if you're not watching, you need to watch because you just don't know. Um, and then another thing that we were right about. Uh, I'll skip Something, that. We'll, we'll get back to I, that one. I got one really quick. Can yeah. I drop one? Yeah. This is mostly me, but I think you agreed with me a couple times over the summer. I made the statement multiple times that Boogie Cousins is the best center in the NBA. He's okay. been called the top. Uh, are top, we just are we talking two. talent? Just pure talent? talent. Yes. No, nothing he is. Ahead, yeah. He is. He, there's no question about that. You can't argue about it. I mean, he dropped, what, the double nickel on the Blazers <laughs> within yeah. the last two weeks. He clearly is. He's been that way since he's been in Southern Alabama in high school. He was that way at Kentucky. Yeah. Um, and now he's moved it on to the NBA. The problem is the butt. Yeah. And the butt is he's a can destroyer you, of a team. Can, can, you win? can you actually win? Yeah. He's going to help you in your fantasy team. He's not going to help your real team. If you put... Play devil's advocate for a second. If you move Boogie to a more healthy team, like people always throw out the Celtics for some reason. If you put him with Brad Stevens, if you put him with Danny Ainge, is he going to be, will he grow up or is he still going to just bring the team down? See, I think at Kentucky he was all right because in college the coach is is the guy and Cal kind of kept him in check, but it was only for a year, right? The NBA is a player's league. We all know that. The players designate this. And I don't think that, any one coach absent a pop, um, you know, could can have that control over Boogie. Boogie Probably is Walton. a free no. Boogie Probably is a Walton. free spirit that uh, goes to the beat of his own drum, and I don't I, I don't even know if there are players that can keep him in check. Yeah, he's a hothead. He's emotional. He's and he's been coddled. He is the classic AAU guy. He's yeah. been told since. Seventh grade in Alabama, growing up in Southern Alabama, that he was the next thing. Yeah. And when you've heard that from seventh grade on, you're not going to take constructive criticism and say, yes, you've got the talent, but for you to go to the next level, you need to adjust some other things as far as being a teammate. The comparison is always Rashid Wallace, right? Mm. You know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I not I wasn't in the locker room, but I've always heard from people that Sheed was a good teammate. Yeah. He just lost it on the court yeah. with referees, huh. but he was a good teammate. People respected him. They respected the efforts that he put in and so forth. I don't hear those same things about Boogie. Yeah. So, um, I mean, we could just touch on the fact really quick that I think one of the best nights of the NBA all year happened a couple nights ago when Boogie just went off in that game. And maybe my favorite moment <laughs> I've ever watched in the NBA when he spit his mouth yeah. at Myers. I mean, it was just a great night. I mean, it started out at the Westland game where they put a beat down on Clackamas because Westland is the truth at basketball it's every year. Uh, shout out to the Lions and Braden Olsen and, and Aiden Scott. Uh, but... Uh, then I got home in time to watch the end of the Rockets Mavericks game or Rockets um, 
uh, Patty Mills place for uh, Santos. Yeah. And uh, I you know, know Patty Mills. Yeah. No, because Patty Mills, <laughs> Patty Mills took the game winner. And I hate the Rockets, and they are like blew a lead, like they blew yeah. a nice lead to San Antonio, and then Patty Mills took the game winner um, on them, and then I was like, then I switched to the Warriors game, and I was like, because I'm, you know, there's a blowout, and they were up like 35 again, so then I switched over uh, to the Kings game and just watched Boogie and the Blazers just go at it, and it was just an amazing finish of basketball. It was like one night of just, are you not entertained? It was so good. And I think the the thing that's exposed in all this is. Blazer fan desperately wants Myers Leonard to be a somebody. And yeah. what Myers Leonard is, is a seven-foot guy that wants to hang out at the three-point line because yeah. he can't bang. And the Blazers need somebody that can bang. And yeah. it's, Myers Leonard is not going to be that guy for you. And to me, Boogie took it as a challenge to expose yeah. him as a marginal NBA player. Uh, yeah. took it personally. There must be some history there because Well, I think it, it started last year, yeah. early in the season, maybe even preseason, when him and uh, Myers got into it physically. And I think Myers was chirping afterwards that he had yeah. s- slowed Boogie down. Yeah, the Boogie stopper. Boogie Down Productions <laughs> took that as, Myers. I'm going to open up a can on you. <laughs> Myers also, like, narked Boogie out. Did you hear Myers' interview after Yeah, and he was, like, crying. He was like yeah. he was like borderline in tears. He's like, like the ref came over and asked me what happened, and I told him what happened. It's like, dude, yeah. you trying to narc Boogie out? <laughs> and I think he didn't even get backed up by Terry Stotts because I think Stotts said, "Nah, his mouthpiece just came out accidentally." Uh, and even Terry Stotts is like, <laughs> which segues perfectly into the other thing that we were right about, which is on week one we sat down on this podcast and said the Blazers are bad, dude, and you should feel bad. If they're, you're so bad. they're so trash. They're so bad. You is... were just a year off. You yeah. were just a year off. But let's let's. Let's look back at last year. So the Blazers yeah. went; uh, they won 44 games last year, which is great. Um, and well, the second round that they so. got to was <laughs> completely lucky because they were down 2-0 to the Clippers, and they were getting smoked. And then yeah. injuries happen. You get Blake goes out. Right. You got uh, Chris Paul that goes right. out. And so it was really fortuitous that they even made it to the second round. Yeah, of the playoffs. absolutely. Um, and the thing about the Blazers last year was. Utah wasn't bringing it last year. Um, You know, you had New Orleans that was supposed to take that leap that didn't last year that regressed significantly. And the Blazers just kind of caught lightning in a bottle. And you had a lot of guys that were in a contract year that wanted to get paid. Dude, exactly. Three or four guys played for contracts. And they played... And got contracts. With heart. And later on when we talk about the Blazers, I'm going to talk about heart. And that's really what the issue is with this team. Let's right talk now. about the Blazers right Let's now. Right yeah, now. yeah. Right. they about, they are bad. They're really bad. They're trash. Here's how you know they're really bad. They are fighting for the eight seed with the Denver Nuggets. Yes, they are. <laughs> uh, but a problem I think that and Blazers, I think if the Blazers started the playoffs started today, they're not in. Uh, I'll, really I'll, research that. I'll, I'll, I'll here here's one take I have of the Blazers. Last year was like I was. I don't hate the Blazers. I just think Blazer fans are sometimes crazy and annoying. But so I, I was. Pleasant. We're provincial. We're provincial. We love our guys. We yeah. love them more so than they should be loved. True. Which I, I totally get. So I think last what happened last year was like really cool. It's just like a cool story. Like four out of five starters leave. You make it to round two of the playoffs. That's like awesome. So, but I think what happened was the Blazers organization bet on all these guys. Who they're like, oh, the seat, like right now they're like fine, but they're ceiling, like Noah Vonley, mm-hmm. uh, Plumley, uh, Leonard, like all these guys, their ceilings are so high and we're gonna invest in these guys. What they're finding out this year is last year was as good as all those guys are ever gonna be. Yeah. 
they're, and they're actually serious. better than better than some of them are ever going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so let's talk about three good things for the Blazers and three bad things for the Blazers. All right, lay it on. And being the negative guy that I am, we'll start with three negatives. Okay. Okay. So. Number one is defense, right? The Blazers are giving up, I believe, the third most points of any team in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Teams are shooting 46% right around there from three-point land against the Blazers. Dude, the three of us could drop buckets on the Blazers. Absolutely. And Terry Stott's whole defensive philosophy is we're going to stop a three-pointer. And we're not going to give you close-in buckets. We're going to make you have to go mid-range. That is not happening right now. No. Um, they and, can't stop anybody <laughs> on the perimeter. And so then that brings to the second issue, which is heart. Defense is hard, and you don't have to bring it all the time, but you have to make key stops in the NBA. Yeah. You have to make stops late in the game, uh, and you don't have to stop them every time, but you've got to make enough that your offense can then turn it in, uh, and you can go on a little bit of a run. And there's not a lot of heart on this right. team right now. Um, and you would say, nah, Damian Lillard, that's a heart guy. You know, Oakland, uh, playgrounds, hardcore basketball, he's got a chip on his shoulder. But even Damian Lillard has struggled this year. Um, and, and I think as a Blazer fan, you have to be disappointed to see that these guys all got paid. Yeah. And then they didn't bring the heart yeah. that you need yeah. uh, to work the system that uh, Stotts has designed. I think Stotts is a good coach. Mm-hmm. I just think this is a flawed roster. And that's, that's my third, third point. You have a flawed roster. Yeah. You have a roster that everyone is counting on right now, not the roster, but to make a big move. Uh, And I think you're really limited in that. Uh, Turner's contract just became recently, I believe, trade eligible since he was signed uh, this summer. Uh, Myers Leonard becomes trade eligible middle of January. C.J. McCollum becomes trade eligible January 17th. The problem with trading C.J.'s contract is he's got a poison pill provision. So That's crazy. I did not know. This blew my mind. My solution, Dustin, to fixing the Blazers was trade C.J. McCollum for a good, like, you know, beastly player that's not C.J. McCollum. You know, you don't need a guard out there. You've got Damien as a legit guard. Yeah, the pipe dream boogie cousins trade, right, that everyone keeps saying the Blazers need to make. Or, I mean, even like a Harrison Barnes would help the Blazers. I mean, the way he's going in Dallas right now. Just someone who's strong, who can defend, who can score um yeah, yeah and i think but i think the blazers i, I think neil shea is an harrison barnes fan because he passed on him in the draft and he passed on him in, in free agency but with the cj contract really since he signed his extension he's still money wise on his rookie deal so if you're to trade cj you can only uh his contract eats up three million dollars on uh, the team that takes him mm-hmm. uh but they've got to have 21 million dollars in cap space so basically you can only trade him for team that has cap space, $21 million, and uh, a player that's on a rookie deal. So, yeah. you know, we're talking, you know, Carl Anthony Towns, those right. type of guys that aren't going to get traded right. for no, C.J. Yeah. So I really don't think the Blazers, they'll make some moves potentially before the trade deadline, but I don't think you're going to get the help that you really need on this roster till this summer. People keep throwing out uh, Nerlens Noel to the Blazers. And I think that's just because he's so, you know, just so angry in Philadelphia yeah. right now. But did the Blazers really need no. another big man with injury problems? No. He's also not that I mean, good. why don't we call Greg Oden? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Uh, Too I soon? Was, I was, uh, <laughs> Dustin, just to, like, even go back to that, what your main point on the flawed roster, um, just that's what it comes down to me with the Blazers, why they're not very good. Their players just aren't good enough. You know, they got Damian, who, who is a star. I actually think Mason Plumlee is a very serviceable center. Mm-hmm. I think he can win with Mason Plumlee as, as a center. He does what you need a center to do. 
Um, but I think everyone in between. I know a lot of Blazers fans are over Mason Plumlee. They blame him for all the problems. I, I think that's I don't dumb. Think so. I, I think he's. I think he's tough. I think. I he think he is one him. of the guys that has heart right now. Yeah, yeah. he's also playing for a contract. Yeah, he's. And I, but I think he's a good center. I think he can win with Mason Plumlee. I think everyone in between Damian Mason is not a very good basketball player. And I mean CJ is fine, but you know. Uh, but he's obviously not getting it done. But all of those guys that are three fours, like that are interchangeable yeah. pieces, they're all just to me average to mediocre. And the city of Portland loves those guys, and that's what the Blazers want. The fans see him as guys that uh, you know are three slash fours. You know yeah. your Harklesses, your Aminos that yeah. can um, d up. And don't get me wrong, Aminos he can d, he can board. He's but when you're comparing, you, the reason why you think he's so great is because you're comparing him to the other guys on yeah. the Blazer roster, yeah. not other guys in the league that can take you to the next level. Right. Amino was exposed in the playoff series because he can't shoot a three. Right. So he's going to, for the one game that he's going to drop threes, he's yeah. going to cost you three other ones. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I said I'd, I'd bring some good things up for the Blazers. Here are the good things that I can find for the Blazers. <laughs> Great stadium. There's 50 games left in the season. You know, for them to match last year's record, they got to win like 31 games. Yeah. Uh, they got to go like 31 and 19 here out. Yeah. Okay, 50 games. That means if they're playing this bad, ticket prices will go down. So there'll be plenty of seats for people to go Let's and see the go. Blazers, right? <laughs> At a cheaper rate. Yeah, so I think those true. are the good things people for a Blazer to, fan right now. People are trying to unload their tickets except for the Warriors, which are still extremely expensive. But uh, if the playoffs started today, Portland would miss the playoffs. Behind, do you, anyone want to guess? Um, number eight right now. Jazz. Jazz, Jazz are seven. seven. Um, number eight right now. Is Denver? No. Um, Minnesota? No, not even close. Well, this is great pod right now. More cowbell. Uh, your Sacramento, Sacramento Kings. Kings. Boogie no. Cousins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. So, the Blazers are what, 13 and 19? Uh, Blazers are sitting at 13 and 19, Sacramento at 13 and 17. So, I mean, that tells you where the eighth playoff seed is. Yeah. And Utah's at 18 and 13, so there's actually a big And let's be honest here. Shift the right eight, there. eighth seed, I think, is the ceiling for the Blazers this year. Yeah. And oh, that ceiling totally, gets totally. you a first round broom. And so. That doesn't make sense at this point. No, it didn't make sense last year for them to even go for it because even the second round broom should have been a first round broom. If they had tanked both years, yeah, they would have the draft this year is mind blowingly good. So hopefully, um, you know, I'm not saying tank. Uh, I'm saying you know, tank. Fix the Blazers. When everyone, you know, people say, well, Dustin, you just talked about heart. Now you're talking about tank. Tank. But I'm just like, if it's inevitable, let's get an asset for this. And yeah. then this summer, I think you go into the summer with Dude, everything's on the table, even a if, Damian Lillard trade. Yeah. If you're the Blazers, you have to do that. No, no big contract free agent is going to come to Portland. Never. You have to, you have to rebuild through the draft. Yeah. Yep. And look at Philly. Look at LA. Those teams are on the up and up. You know, they're Dude. not there yet, but they're... Quick shout-out to my guy, MB. Freaking <laughs> balling out. The process. Oh, my gosh. Uh, another thing that we were right about on the pod, uh, and we don't have to go into this at all, but the New York Knicks, we said that, like, in, intriguing... When when they made their moves in the offseason and put together what uh, they called a super team and everyone laughed at, 
Uh, we said, hey, they're kind of Dude, exciting. They're kind of interesting. We said they were okay. intriguing. We said if they're healthy, they're going to be good. And they are those things. They this are is, exciting. They're interesting. They're doing better in the East than anyone thought they would do. Porzingis, so. my dad's obsessed with him. He's got him on his fantasy team. Yeah. I've been trying to trade for him. He won't do it. Uh, dude, Derrick Rose is having his best year in like, yeah. what, four years, five yeah, years? Derrick Rose is trying to remake his public image. And so <laughs> yeah, that's, there's some problems. There's some other problems. He's he's so he's playing hard, he's doing all the right things. It's amazing what the greatest athletes in the world can do when properly motivated. And mm. really I think the greatest athletes in the world are in the NBA. Yeah. Um, the problem in the NBA for a lot of teams is motivation and guys bringing it every night. And don't get me wrong, it's a tough sport. Um, you have back to backs. Um, that was one of the things I was gonna talk about with the Blazers. Uh, one good thing if you are looking for something as a Blazer fan to potentially say hey we've got a chance the Blazers have had a tough record up to this point mm-hmm. I believe um, like the 6th or 7th toughest schedule in the NBA I think up to this point they've played 5 back to backs going forward from here to the end of the season I want to say they have something like 6 back to back games left uh-huh. um, and uh, more home games and road games so maybe that's hope for the Blazers yeah. but I, I just I don't see it personally and I really hope uh, that at some point you know Damian Lillard's got ankle problems right now if those are serious problems don't risk it get yeah. healthy uh, and let's see what we can do this yeah. summer in trades interesting so a couple things I was wrong about that I'm willing to admit uh, the first one was uh, I thought the Timberwolves are going to be a playoff team I did too. this year and we talked about it on the pod maybe you're a year early uh, well no you know I don't they need to actually make a move. They need to guard on that team. They don't have, you know, Ricky Rubio. I don't think you can win with him. Uh, their draft pick done. I don't think he's. I mean, he might he might get good in a couple of years, but they just have. And Levine is actually one of those guards who's. I don't know if he's stat stuffing or what, but his numbers are ridiculous. Maybe they're. You know, I mean, they did draft done this year, but maybe they're hoping to get another guard in the draft this year. Yeah, maybe that would be that would be. Yeah, but I, just, I think right now there's a little bit of a clash with yeah. the Thibodeau um, mentality. Well, they are not playing defense, and no. he's a defense-first coach. And so I think that, you know, look, they've made Ricky Rubio their guy. They've made that clear <sighs> when they painful. when they upped him over, you know, over uh, Kevin Love, yeah. and that started the whole, Ke- you know, mm-hmm. issues back in the day. But Ricky Rubio is what Ricky Rubio is. He can't D. His shots a little. Uh, no, he doesn't have a shot. He doesn't have D. You know, and so to make that your guy on a Tom Thibodeau yeah. team, it's not going to no, work. It's not going to work. Um, so wrong about the Timberwolves. Love to see what happens if they can get a legit guard in there, and if they draft a good guard, man, that that could turn that around in a hurry. I think. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was wrong about on my week one call, I said Kawhi, uh, serious contender for MV, MVP this year. And uh, he's actually playing great, but um, there's just so many great guys. Other his guys. scoring, his yeah. scoring is not there. In game one, he came out and punched the Warriors in the mouth, and then I was immediately like, Kawhi is the dude. <laughs> this is his year. And uh, well, Kawhi, he's still his defense is still probably the best in the league. Kawhi's uh, never going to be the guy. Dream Dream Wait a minute, Draymond Green, Draymond Green, Draymond Green. You're what? saying that you're overreacting to a Warriors game? <laughs> that doesn't sound. Like that you doesn't do. sound like you at all. Also, Kawhi, Kawhi's a better defender than. Okay, no, he's not. But, uh, anyway, Dustin, moving on. Oh, there's no question Kawhi Leonard better than that. My dude. And after you, after you get done with the game, you're still able to have kids. So it's a good, you know, it's, 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 it's a good. You know what? 
Uh, I'm, I'm mad enough to take this criticism, but you're both wrong because uh, you don't you don't watch clearly. Um, you don't watch. Uh, uh, Kawhi Kawhi's just not gonna be the guy that is like Kawhi's one of my favorite players in the NBA. But even his numbers when he won Finals MVP, it was like twenty four a game and like seven rebound. Like he's not a crazy. He's stat not gonna. Stuffer. He's more of a stat sheet stuffer than a stat sheet. You know. You look at it and say, whoa, gosh, he just uh, went for 45. Yeah, yeah. He's going to go, you know, mm, boards, yeah. blocks, yeah, steals, inconsistent. Gi- like Giannis numbers. Dude. Greek freak numbers. Dude, he's uh, but he's still a sensational player, a tremendous yeah. defensive player. Uh, he's the heart and soul office. He's the leader of that team. He's the star of that team. Mm-hmm. A very, very good team. Um, but I did not see these guys who are putting up the crazy numbers every single night. I mean, it's been it's been a crazy year in the NBA. Yeah. You look at what Westbrook's doing. You look at what Harden is doing. Davis I mean, for the first month, it, was and like that's what I was going to say. Anthony Davis for the first month. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to see him come back it's, strong because yeah. he, he's a good player. You know, to yeah, it's been just unbelievable what these guys are doing statistically in the NBA this year. And Kawhi, although very successful as a franchise and being that guy, uh, yeah, he's on the conversation. Yeah. So. Guys, anything else you want to touch on? I, you know, close to Drew it. has gone more Greek freak this podcast than Golden State Warriors. Well, I don't know if he's like sponsored by forward. like the Euro House or something or <laughs> I, what he's got going on. Okay, here. you want to like, talk about the Warriors? I'm glad you brought that no, up. I really, I really don't. I now I'm regretting uh, I, my I statement. I think I think I have watched every single Warriors game this year, or at least. You know, some of every single Warriors game this year. Um, because right. I carry. You want us to start calling you Steve uh, Kerr or something? That, that, <laughs> that being here? said, really interesting. Uh, looking at those guys, we're talking about the sensational uh, offensive numbers that that are happening. Uh, Steph Curry having a very quiet year. You know, everyone is. You know, obviously the Durant factor. Durant is having a monster year. You guys. Dude, well, that's what Durant what, is having. What a did Curry tell year. tell Durant in the pitch meeting? Yeah, so it was all about hey, I'm willing to sacrifice, yeah. and he's showing that right now. And then I, Clay Thompson just, said, "I'm not sacrificing crap." <laughs> so here's a question that I want to ask. Yeah. Obviously, the Golden State Warriors are great. Obviously, yeah. they are uh, definitely contenders to go back to the NBA championship, and really, I think have to be the favorite to win the NBA championship. My question for you is this: Right, Durant signs with them. Yeah. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Is it a, does he have an option yeah. at the end of this year? Okay. Yes. That is my question to you. So obviously, uh, when LeBron did this with Miami, he, he hung around for a little bit, mm-hmm. but he obviously had plans to go back to Cleveland and yeah. win, uh, bring a title to Cleveland, and he's done that. Kevin Durant, he's a DC area guy. The Bullets are struggling. Does Durant have something like that in the, the back bullets. of his mind? He gets his excuse me, the Warriors. <laughs> Bernard, Bernard the King having it off. I just went back, just went back like Earl Monroe and stuff. And wow, Wes Unsold. Um, the Wizards are having a having a bad bad year. So bad. Can is he that guy that's looking to you know win a title and then go and be the savior so. for something, or is he a long term Warriors guy? What, you I know, mean, you I think? think it depends on. It's all going to come down to the nucleus of the Warriors, you know, because there's weirdly a lot of Steph Curry to, to Charlotte rumors going around, which are interesting, you know. And the Warriors um, just might be that team where you know it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens to the Warriors over the next couple of years as contracts start you know coming up and they got to figure out how do we make all this work, how do we make it, how, and, and how do we keep a winning combination on the floor like we had last year. They didn't win the title. The different the, the matchups were insane that they were able 
to put out there. You know. So I'm hearing no. You think? I think so. Is this is this super fan Drew saying this, or is this NBA <sighs> analyst? Drew? Well, put it this way: anything that happens after the Warriors title of two seasons ago is just gravy for me because I grew up watching a terrible, terrible, horrifically bad Warriors and team you had every run, year. You had run TMC, Come and uh, and they didn't win, but I watched them. Uh, they were entertaining, but. Uh, and then after that, it was just the dark yeah, ages. And so Barcelona's. all that to say, I don't really care. I'm just still living. I'm just basking in the glow of the Warriors being so fun and so just relevant. And everyone yeah. hates them, and I like that even more now. We've just embraced. I've embraced the villain. Steph Curry has embraced the full villain. He's he's he doesn't mind anymore. He's the heel. A uh, couple just things, interesting things about the Warriors that you guys may not know. Ian Clark is going to make a, some team very happy someday, yeah. right? He's a reserve guard. He's too good to be a reserve. Uh, then their rookie, that they, they snapped up another basically Draymond Green t- player. McCaw. Yeah, they took McCaw in the second round. He's going to be an NBA star too someday. Yeah. Probably not with the Warriors, but but somewhere. So keep an eye on on those two guards. They're, they're amazing. All right, boys, anything else? We good? We feeling good? Uh, it was a good pod. How's your lake show? Uh... We're we've just been just destroyed by injuries, so not good. But I'm still, I'm super happy. You're I tr- think you're you have to feel. Process. I think you got to feel excited if you're a Lakers fan. Yeah, right now. and it's hard for a Blazer fan to say that. You got to remember, you know, living through, uh, you know, Cliff Robinson dropping a pass in the or, uh, in the Western Conference Finals, uh, Magic Johnson, Lake Lakers Showtime. The Lakers have not been good to the Blazers, and so it's hard to say this, but. I feel actually better about their future than I do the Blazers for the reason Whoa. that they can attract free agents. Oh, okay. absolutely. I mean, absolutely. So when you have that, then you have everything at your disposal. Mm-hmm. You have trades, you have free agents, mm-hmm. you have the draft. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the Blazers right now they got the draft. have the draft <laughs> and the trade, and they're not really that committed to the draft. Well, yeah. the Lakers, what excites me about the Lakers, like obviously they have good talent, a lot of raw talent. I think D'Angelo is awesome. I think Ingram in like three years is going to be really, really good. But what the Lakers are doing, which the Lakers organization hasn't done this since, like, showtime, is, like, they're building a culture, right? They're starting with a culture. All those dudes look like they're having so much fun. Nick Young is, like, playing defense and, like, doing something that he's never done before. The only caveat that I want to put to my statement about the okay, Lakers okay. is if Jeannie Buss stays in charge. Dude, she better. Because if it's Jim? Jim uh, No. Well, this is Jim's last. Uh, this is his last chance, right? This is the year that she said, "You're gone," if stuff doesn't change. It's, Jim is it's family, fan. though. It's family. I can't stand Jim Bus. I every my anyone could come to the Lakers and I would accept them with open arms, but I hate Jim Bus. <laughs> He's such a buffoon. Get him out of there. Uh, Guys, 11.30 a.m. Pacific time on Sunday. Let's go. Warriors at Cavs. That's going to be it's, awesome. It's back. Dude, it's the, happening. The game I'm looking forward to that uh, day is uh, Boston, New York. That's going to be a great game. Yeah. Uh, Dustin, thanks for joining us, buddy. Heavy D on the pod. Heavy Spitty D. Spitty game. Let's go. Loved having you. One more service to go. If you're listening to this, all the services will be over, but uh, hope you come next year. (laughs) All right. If you went somewhere else, bummer. (laughs) Services were fire. All right. See you guys later. See ya.